Hello, this is Michael Dubin with Living Skills. In our time together in this podcast, I would like to conclude our four-part series on dating. Do you ever stop to think about your attitudes and beliefs about dating? What it involves? What you'd like it to be? Why you do or don't want to do it? What are your expectations of the process? There's a great deal that you can do and that it would be helpful to do to prepare yourself before you wade into those waters. Dating, part four. Preparing yourself for the rigors of dating. Some humans love dating. Some humans tolerate it as a chore or necessary evil. They could be looking for a long-term relationship or a mate, Or they could be looking just to not be so lonely. Some people date infrequently. Others can't go on without being in a dating relationship. Some see it as an adventure. Some see it as a game. Do you ever stop to examine your attitudes and beliefs about dating? What it involves? What you'd like it to be? Why you do or don't want to do it? What are your expectations? Do you feel that it is a process to lead you to your soulmate that is controlled and blessed by the divine? Or is it just a roll of the dice? Any and all of those beliefs, your beliefs, can make a big difference as to the impact and outcome of your dating experience. When I was growing up, the idea that the rom-coms of the time promulgated was the idea that dating was really about the war between the sexes and that someone had to outsmart or outlast the other on the way to the end goal of winning. Winning usually meant getting married. I mean, think of all of those Rock Hudson and Doris Day movies. They were funny and full of strategy and outfoxing or trying to stay ahead of your opponent of the opposite sex. But in our current day and age, There's not a lot of room for such innocence and naivete. Street smarts are seen as more valuable and more helpful in a world where anyone can present themselves on dating sites as anyone they want to be. So, buyer beware. Look out for the games and manipulations and nonsense that we've talked about in the first three parts of this series on dating. These challenges are not new, But bad behavior seems more prevalent in our current times because they are often perpetrated very publicly and with the intent to hurt or embarrass. Thus, you better put on your best game face and have your strategy in place before stepping out onto the field of dating. All's fair in love and war, right? Well, no. Love and war are mutually exclusive. That said, let's look at some things that are helpful and, in truth, absolutely necessary before stepping out onto the battlefield to claim your conquest. There are some questions you need to honestly answer. Honestly. Not answers you think other people want to hear. Not what sounds good. Because you're the only one who will know the answers you give yourself, unless, of course, you choose to share. Start with what you think about relationships. Do you think they're fun? Problematic? Time-consuming? Are they easy? Are they hard? Worth the extra effort? Or are you only interested if it comes easy? 
A really important question here is, do you think relationships take conscious direction and design? Or should they just evolve organically somehow? Or both? Are you only interested in relationships that you know are going to go somewhere? Or are you game to see where something goes even if it doesn't end in matrimony? Do relationships give you a kind of freedom? Or do they make you feel tied down and trapped? What do you really think and feel? Then, look at why do you want a relationship? Well, hell, doesn't everybody? No. There are times in life where we don't have the time and or the space for a relationship. So why do you want one? To have someone to share things with? Companionship? To not be lonely? Because everybody else is in one. A helpmate? Your biological clock is ticking. There are many possible reasons why you would want someone in your life, but you need to honestly answer that question for yourself. Once you know why you want a relationship, then what kind of relationship do you want? Do you want activity buddies? Someone to have fun with? Casual and allowed to date others? Or casual but exclusive? Commitment? No commitment. Friends with benefits? Open to marriage? Not open to marriage. Monogamous? Polyamorous. Common interests and goals? Someone completely different from you. Lots of romance? Let's just keep things practical. What do you envision when you see yourself in the relationship that you want? And what do you expect from them, from yourself, and from the relationship? I know the thought police are on their way right now because you're not supposed to expect anything. Expectations only get you in trouble, right? The spiritual police will be after me for this, but having been on a spiritual path for a long time and having been in relationships, I don't see how anyone thinks they can navigate a relationship of any kind without any expectations. As example, if you want to date me, I expect you had better have the basics of good manners. I expect you to know how to say please and thank you and be considerate and behave well toward others or I got nothing for you. I expect you to be able to have substantive conversations when needed. And I expect you to keep a relatively clean house because no, I'm not going to go through life picking up your socks that you left all over the house. Just saying. And what do you think about love? It hurts or it heals. Love is easy or love is hard. Is it about sacrifice or taking, getting or giving? Can you trust love? Is love something solid that you can count on or is it fickle? Can you trust it to be there when you need it? Or does it always seem to vanish when the rubber meets the road? Can you trust others in a loving relationship? Or do you feel the need to control? Are you trustworthy in a relationship? A lot of questions to ask yourself, yes. But they are all about you. Why? Because you are the person you are asking them to relate to. So if you want something casual and fun, and they want long-term commitment, better to know these things up front and honestly communicate about them, 
Remember hardballing from part three? Hardballing is that communication upfront about who you are and what you're about and about how you want to be treated. And what do you expect? There's that word again. But what do you expect the relationship to give you? What are you hoping to get out of it? Do you expect your current relationship to make up for the sins of past bad relationships? When someone shows you who they are, good or bad, do you believe them? Or do you think you can and will be the one to change slash heal them? Do you want and expect companionship, sharing, attention, to be really seen and heard, unconditional acceptance, love, understanding, caring, someone reliably having your back? What does love mean to you? How do you define it? What does it mean to you when you love someone? What does it mean to you when someone loves you? How do you do it? How would you like them to do it? Beyond the rush of head-spinning emotion, what are its components? Respect, trust, giving of self, knowing, understanding, safety? What makes you feel loved? There is a really wonderful book, The Five Languages of Love, The Secrets to Love That Lasts, published in 1992 by Gary Chapman, who is a marriage counselor. The Five Languages is a method of understanding how people prefer to give and receive affection. There is also an online version of the test that quickly measures your preferences. But those five preferences, preferences are acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, and receiving gifts. Which of these is most meaningful to you? If you are someone who likes to receive gifts as an act of love, if you find yourself with someone who would rather spend quality time with you as an expression of their love for you, eventually you either you will have to adapt or that need for gifts will slowly become a wedge. You never buy me anything. You never take me anywhere, etc. If acts of service are important to you, meaning you want to be with someone who wants to pitch in, who makes and keeps their commitments, who loves doing things with you out of love rather than out of obligation, then if you find yourself with someone who will affirm how wonderful they think you are, but never offers to cook dinner, maybe you need to reevaluate. These love languages are only a starting point to thinking about what communicates to you that you are loved. All of us need and want all five of those languages, but their priority rank may differ wildly. Now, as a silly but true example, I really don't like Valentine's Day because I am way more interested in what you do the other 364 days of the year than candy flowers, dinner, whatever, on February 14. However, am I willing to make the commitment to someone for whom it is a big deal? Sure, but that would mean I will have to participate in making it a big deal for them. Or, would I rather have a partner who has the same opinion about Valentine's Day as I do? And so it goes for so many things. You need to know where you stand on all of the above and more before you head out to battle.
Finally, what are some of the qualities that you want in a prospective mate? Well, sure, we, we want them to be fun and kind and loving, but take it a little deeper. Sometime back in my 30s, I got the bright idea to write out a list of some qualities that I felt an ideal mate for me would possess. They were trust, do their actions match their words consistently over time. Loyalty. I want someone who is loyal not so much to me, but to the relationship. No one and nothing gets put between us. Loyalty also involves someone who keeps their commitments. Then there's respect. Do they respect themselves? Do they respect me? Do they respect our relationship? All are important. Responsiveness. Are they responsive to my feelings or only concerned with their own? I mean, I can handle my own emotions, but is this someone to whom I matter? To whom they matter? Mutual reliance. Can we really count on one another? Bad times and good times. Intimacy. Being close, tender, vulnerable, trusting. And passion. I mean, we ain't dead yet. So yeah, I want trust, loyalty, respect, responsiveness, mutual reliance, and intimacy, and some passion. And what qualities do you bring to the table? It's a lot to digest, I know. But if you will do some of this work ahead of time, and do this work not only ahead of time, but over time, then when you embark on your next dating adventure, you're going to find yourself much better prepared to navigate and enjoy the process wherever it leads. Remember something. In dating, you are not powerless, you are not a victim, and you are not an innocent bystander. As you venture out, have some idea of what you are looking for and what you want and why. Thus, even if you do wind up with someone vastly different than you, you will be better prepared to manage those differences and make them work for you. And as you increasingly know ever more about who you are in a relationship, your relationships of all kinds will be able to take you places they previously could not. I hope you have found this podcast of use. If you have any questions or comments or want more information about Living Skills, please feel free to email me at livingskillsinc at gmail.com or contact me through my website, www.livingskills.pro. At Living Skills, we offer positive psychology and transpersonal psychology coaching and counseling, spiritual coaching and counseling, and psychological skills training and education. We are especially sensitive to the needs of the LGBTQ community and also the millennial and Gen Z generations, but our services and skills are applicable to and we work with everyone. The COVID pandemic has been hard on all of us. If you need or want someone to talk to, we offer a free 45-minute introductory first session. The Problem with Humans podcast is now available on my site, livingskills.pro, as well as on Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music, as well as on Overcast, 
Castro, CastBox, and PodFriend. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and will tell friends and colleagues about it. Please join me again in the future. This is Michael Dubin in Atlanta. Thanks for listening.